Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journey podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experience has shaped who and where they are today. My name is Jenna Harris. I'm an ambulatory care pharmacist at a rheumatology clinic at Upstate University. I'll be your host today alongside our co-host, Dr. Kelsey Haller, an internal medicine clinical pharmacist with Mount Carmel Health. Joining us today will be our guest speakers, Dr. Sarah Wheeler, a medical writing assistant for Banner Medical, and Dr. Ben Anderson, a medication management informaticist at the Mayo Clinic. All views expressed today are those of our speakers and not their employers. Thank you for joining us today, Kelsey, Sarah, and Ben. Today will be the second in a series of ASHP podcasts about transitioning into a non-traditional role from health system pharmacy. We will be discussing strategies for CV development and preparation for a transition into medical writing and informatics. Thanks for the introduction, Jenna. As we discussed in part one of this podcast, there are so many resources out there for new practitioners when it comes to CV creation for a job in health system practice. There are resources like ASHP's CV review program and their CV toolkit that are helpful for so many people. However, there's really less information if you wish to pursue a non-traditional career path. So Sarah, let's start with you. Could you tell us about yourself and specifically why you decided to pursue medical writing? Absolutely. I currently work as a medical writing assistant for Banner Medical, which is a pharmacist-owned medical communications company. And I've been in this position for almost a year now. Um, I've always had a strong interest in educating others, and through my pharmacy training, I found that I enjoyed communicating complex pharmacy topics across a variety of settings, in the classroom, in clinic to patients, and to other healthcare professionals. I also am someone who has always been a strong writer, and I'm often the go-to person for my friends and peers to review their important pieces of writing. I had heard about medical writing somewhere along the way in my pharmacy journey, and in the back of my head, I always thought that it was something that I could enjoy and be good at but I didn't really know how to get started. I completed my PGY2 residency last summer at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. So unfortunately, many of the traditional ambulatory care focused positions that I had originally planned to apply to were unable to get funded or they lost their funding mid recruitment. So it was then that I started to think more seriously about non-traditional opportunities like medical writing. Originally, I thought that the role of a medical writer was to create articles for other healthcare professionals or for patients about healthcare topics. And this is definitely something that medical writers, especially those who are pharmacists, can do. But there are actually many more types of medical writing roles than I had originally realized. In general, you can think about the role of a medical writer as a communicator of scientific and clinical data with a wide variety of audiences, purposes, and communication formats. So for example, some pharmacists in medical writing focus on creating medical or health and wellness blog posts for patients. Others primarily create continuing education content for healthcare professionals. And then others still may produce regulatory documents for industry, while others focus on making healthcare marketing materials. In my role, I focus on content creation for continuing education for pharmacists as well as other clinicians. My current position is contract-based, so I don't have any set hours or set income. Instead, I'm able to accept projects as they're available, and each project comes with a specific timeline and an associated fee. I currently practice as an ambulatory pharmacist by day, and I work as a medical writing assistant on my days off or in the evenings. Just like the variety in focus, there's also a variety in the setup of the positions for medical writing. 
So for example, some positions like mine are contract-based, others are full-time benefited positions, and some pharmacists may even choose to create their own medical writing business and are self-employed. Thank you, Sarah. Ben, can you tell us a bit about yourself and why you chose to transition to a career in informatics? Yes. I originally completed a PGY-1-2 HSPA residency and accepted my first position as an operations manager at a 100-bed community hospital that was part of a small healthcare system. During that time, I had the opportunity to be involved in several informatics-related projects, including computerized provider order entry, conversion of automated dispensing cabinet vendors, installations and upgrades of centralized pharmacy robotics. After a little over a year in my manager role, there was an unexpected opportunity to fully pursue an informatics position at my institution. I continued to learn while on the job and discovered that I truly enjoyed optimizing workflows and processes for patient care and employees. It also afforded me an opportunity to be involved in our pharmacy staff onboarding and assume a larger role in a training capacity. Assisting with adult learning was previously an area I didn't know I had an interest in, but also thoroughly enjoyed being a part of at my organization. As you can see, informatics affords many opportunities. There's automation, electronic health record configuration, reporting, data and analytics, training and education, just to lump things into some larger buckets. For a brief day-to-day -day description of my job, as well as most of my colleagues, we rarely have a routine day. We're mostly in a constant ebb and flow of break-fix issue, optimization projects, upgrade code review, and meetings. It can offer lots of flexibility depending on your employer as your work is primarily deadline-based. There are some roles on our team that are more consistent from day to day, but I found I really enjoyed the variety and constant challenges each day can bring. The other great thing is the variety of areas for involvement. Depending on the organization, you can keep that primary focus on automation, reporting, clinical decision support, oncology, pediatrics, and other areas that may extend and utilize a strong background coming from a clinical or operational area of pharmacy. Thank you both. It is so wonderful to hear about your transitions into what some of us might consider to be more unique pharmacist roles. Now, when it comes to a major career change, one of the first things that I think about is updating your CV. What should someone looking to make a career transition do to prepare their CV for a career in informatics and medical writing? If you're looking for a transition into informatics, looking for involvement and hands-on experience is one way to start. Large portions of the experiences I have seen potential residency candidates have was from asking about involvement in projects or upgrades currently happening as a structured informatics learning opportunity isn't always available. I recommend a discussion with the leadership in those areas about your interest to find out if any projects are coming up in the near future at your organization. Reporting is an area that can be self-taught to an extent, but before beginning that endeavor, it would be beneficial to know what types of reporting are utilized by your institution and what language would be best to learn. A majority of the informatics landscape was currently changed from a best of breed model where you would acquire the automation or software that was specialized to a more singular need and work to integrate or interface that to the rest of your relevant information to more single platform electronic health records. With that transition, the need and access to the ability to truly utilize code writing in the system has also changed. Vendors have restricted more of this type of access in favor of having software that is translatable across institutions and a reduction in issues that can occur from introducing upgrades to systems that are highly customizable. 
While knowing how to code can be helpful, I'd just like to point out that it is not a necessity to get involved with informatics. Another path may be available is to serve as a super user or a trainer for the electronic health record. Many institutions utilize a mix of informatics staff and end users to help facilitate training and onboarding of new employees. The integration of technology into our daily lives, especially at work, is ever expanding. So this is a wonderful time to look for these avenues of learning and see how you could be involved. While translating this to your CV, the involvement in extra experiences rolls nicely into your current role description. I did reword my section where I list my active certifications with my current EHR vendor. Since medical writing is all about communication, I think it's important to highlight anything on your CV that shows that you have communication skills and experience, especially any scientific or medical writing projects that you've created. As a new practitioner, these may be any uh, patient education materials that you've created, manuscripts or written projects that you've produced for either appy rotations or in residency, or clinical updates that you've written for other clinicians at your practice site. Other things that would be good to highlight would be your ability to meet deadlines for projects, your ability to work with teams, your ability to navigate primary literature, and the clinical experience and expertise that you have as a pharmacist. When I applied for my current position, I didn't add or remove any sections of my CV, although in retrospect, I probably could have removed the sections that listed my specific PGY-1 and PGY-2 residency rotations. I did rearrange my CV sections significantly though. I still listed my training, education, and professional experience first, but then I moved up my publications, both peer-reviewed and non-peer-reviewed, to the next section of my CV. I also moved professional presentations toward the top, as well as teaching experience, because these areas highlighted my ability to communicate and navigate complex medical topics. And finally, I highlighted projects that I'd worked on that were related to pharmacy research and quality improvement. Wow, that is a lot of great advice for our listeners. As a new practitioner, there is so much to consider for a career transition like both of yours, especially when it comes to the CV. Okay, so once our members have their CVs ready to rock, how should they navigate the job application process? I was very fortunate to be introduced to my current employer through a mutual connection, and I think that networking can really be key in any position that you apply for. Because of this, my job application process was perhaps a little bit unique compared to what others might face when applying for medical writing positions. I was asked to share my current CV with Brittany, the CEO and founder at Banner Medical. I think one thing that helped me was that I offered to also share some samples of my writing to demonstrate my ability to communicate medical content through written works. I shared a variety of types of writing, which ranged from formal research manuscripts to a clinician newsletter with a clinical guideline update summary. After that, I was invited to meet with Brittany to discuss the position and my writing interests. And in marketing myself, I highlighted not just my writing skills, but also my interest in educating others. I do think it's a common misconception that specific training or certifications are needed to become a medical writer. And really as a pharmacist, you can market your familiarity with medical topics as a key qualification. As long as you're able to write meaningful content to tell a story about a particular topic, you should be able to be successful. I think it's important to ask potential employers about on-the-job training and mentorship that they provide, as some positions will expect you to be very independent as you start, and others like mine will pair you with more experienced writers in early projects and provide feedback to help you grow as a writer, which benefits not just you, but also the company overall. 
Although there isn't any specific training that's required, if medical writing is new to you and you are looking for resources to expand your knowledge and skills in the area, I would recommend a few resources. First, the American Medical Writers Association, which is an organization that serves as a resource for medical writers and provides educational materials for those who are or who are interested in becoming medical writers. Additionally, membership in this organization gives you access to a job directory, which might help someone new to the field navigate the job search more directly than some of the traditional online job search engines. A specific skill that you could seek out training in is the use of citation managers. In my work, I use EndNote, which was a new piece of software for me when I started. And so the more familiar you are with the tools that you'll use as a medical writer, the easier that transition will be into your new role. There are many online resources you can use to learn about citation managers that are available, as well as how to get started with them. A final resource that you could check out is the online self-paced course for medical writing mastery that was created by Brittany, the founder of Banner Medical. This course is aimed at helping pharmacists learn the nuts and bolts of medical writing, including how to create a business in medical writing for those who are interested in pursuing that route. Looking for a position in informatics is very similar to finding an opening in a clinical specialty. In my experience, there isn't a great amount of turnover, but there are generally positions available. I found the experiences I was able to participate in prior to transitioning helped eased the change and that there were things that are much easier to articulate and emphasize in an interview than on a CV. The large EHR vendors do have training available and some aspects of this can be self-learned if granted access or offered by your employer as part of the onboarding training process. The landscape of focusing on informatics training by vendors has greatly improved over the years that I have been involved in this role, and I find it much more approachable to learn the skills needed to start contributing on a fairly accelerated path. As I've noted before, depending on your areas of interest and possible needs at your organization, pursuing understanding of reporting basics is something that has resources generally available. Learning to manipulate, interpret, and clean up data with Excel is also a very useful skill set that can be pursued independently. When I was looking to make my initial transition in informatics, I had reached out to the current pharmacy informatics director at my institution. Even though there was not an opportunity at the time, the opening that unexpectedly became available a few months later, and I was able to apply and successfully get that position. Internal transition opportunities can open the door to some advantages without having PGY2 informatics training, as you are likely familiar with many facets of the day-to-day -day operations, clinical workflows, and areas of enhancement improvement in your local EHR. Having those relationships with the existing informatics leadership can really help out. Soft skills that really help for these positions are problem solving, teamwork, and a desire to be a lifelong learner. To me, these are more easily conveyed during an interview or discussion than being able to be stated on a CV. But have scenarios ready where you can talk about taking the time to learn more about the issue before coming to a solution, fully evaluating all of the data you have available before coming to conclusions about an issue, and valuing the importance of the whole medication use process when looking at a problem. That last one goes a long way. As often, the point in the process where you notice something as suboptimal or incorrect is not always the step in the global workflow that needs to be corrected. Many areas of informatics can be taught in a relatively short time for key areas, and conveying that willingness to learn and help enhance and improve systems is great to emphasize during a conversation. 
Thank you, Ben and Sarah. So many great points to keep in mind when considering a career transition to medical writing or informatics. I've learned so much from you both today. Um, before we wrap things up, do either of you have any last-minute advice that we did not cover today? I would just like to reiterate that if this wasn't a path you pursued initially during pharmacy school or residency, to start making those connections with your informatics team and seeing what opportunities might be available to start learning. This might be highly dependent on your current institution and structure, but there are typically opportunities that could be available to begin to grow this knowledge at your institution. I think the only other advice that I would share is to have writing samples ready when you are applying for positions. Being able to show rather than tell your ability to communicate medical topics in writing is a huge plus for these positions. I definitely believe if you're interested in medical writing, whether as a full career or as a way to make additional income, that you as a pharmacist have the background needed to be successful. And I recommend that you seek out opportunities that align with your interests. Okay, that's all the time we have today. I sincerely want to thank Kelsey, Sarah, and Ben for joining us to discuss CV development tips for careers in both medical writing and informatics. Join us here every Thursday, where we'll be talking with ASHP members and content matter experts on a variety of clinical topics. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.